Abhitra, sacred, Renum, the dust, Sajjana, immediately, Chata, wiped out, Hakila, all, Malam, sense, Pratilabda, acquired, Shilam, disposition, Na, not, Shihi, the goddess of fortune, Virartam, have no attachment, Happy, even though, Mam, me, Vijahati, leave. Yashyaha of the goddess of fortune, for obtaining a slight favor, Itare, others like Lord Brahma, Niyaman, sacred vows, Ahanti, observe. Translation of purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shiva Prabhupada. The Lord continued, because I am the servitor of my devotees, my lotus feet have become so sacred that they immediately wipe out all sin. And I have acquired such a disposition that the goddess of fortune does not leave me, even though I have no attachment for her. And others praise her beauty and observe sacred vows to secure from her even a slight favor. So please repeat. The Lord continued, because I am a servitor of my devotees, my lotus feet have become so sacred that they immediately wipe out all sin. And I have acquired such a disposition that the goddess of fortune does not leave me, even though I have no attachment for her. And other, others praise her beauty and observe sacred vows to secure from her even a slight favor. The relationship between the Lord and his devotees is transcendentally beautiful. As the devotee thinks that it is due to being a devotee of the Lord that he is elevated in all good qualities, so the Lord also thinks that it is because of his devotion to the servitor that all his transcendental glories have increased. In other words, as the devotee is always anxious to render service to the Lord, so the Lord is ever anxious to render service to the devotee. The Lord admits herein that although he certainly has the quality that anyone who receives a slight particle of dust of his lotus feet becomes at once a great personality, this greatness is due to his affection for his devotee. It is because of this affection that the goddess of fortune does not leave him, and that not only one, but many thousands of goddesses of fortune engage in his service. In the material world, simply to get a little favor from the goddess of fortune, people observe many rigid regulations of austerity and penance. The Lord cannot tolerate any inconvenience on the part of the devotee. He is therefore famous as Bhaktivatsa. Om Agyana Timirandasya Gyan Anjana Sanakaya Chakshu Vindanidamina Tasmai Shri Guru Venama Vancha Kalpa Trugya Sa Kripasinu Gayevacha Patita Nam Bhavani Gyo Vaishnava Gyo Namonamaha Namaste Jivanandaya Dasaya Vanacharine Abhupa Vilabaya Sridha Shiva Vinamine Agyana Dwanta Gramanam Ashtate Patitamanam Gyana Guru Taya Chita Harine Chakshu Shri Nama O Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale, Sri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamini, Namaste Sarasvati Devi, 
दूर पानी को चाहेंगे ये भी शेष शून्य वाली भ्रष्टाचार से चाहेंगे जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निध्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गिराधार श्रीवासवी गौर भक्त वृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे The Lord continued, because I am the servitor of my devotees, my lotus feet have become so sacred that they immediately wipe out all sin, and I have acquired such a disposition that the goddess of fortune does not leave me, even though I have no attachment for her. And others praise her beauty and observe sacred vows to secure from her even a slight favor. So thank you all for being here at Srimad Bhagavatam class. Welcome, Jagannath Guru. Uh, happy to have you here. And you've become very, even more purified by glorifying Holiness Jayapataka Maharaj, who has taken shelter the pure of the speed of Krishna. The devotees are thinking Krishna is purifying me, he's purifying the whole world. And Krishna is thinking my devotee is purifying. So when um, Lord Jaitanya, when he met with Ramananda Roy, to remember in the social class, he was a lower, he was a sudra. So these different um, onlookers, they were surprised. Say, why, why is this sannyasi embracing so affectionately the sudra? So, so then Ramananda Roy is saying to the Lord, he's saying, by your words, you purified me. By your by your association, you have completely purified my contaminated mind. And the Lord is, is telling him, "You, Ramanuja, have purified the whole world because of your ecstatic devotion to Krishna." So they're both thinking that way, and we can see that this is the uh, the nature of, of love: is that the persons think more about the other. It's just it's a simple. Um, Quality of love, <laughs> as opposed to um, the selfish pursuits in this world, where one always wants to um, speak about themselves. And in any love, um, perfected as love of God, the beloved is thinking more about the other person. Thinking, you are wonderful, you are great, you are the option, you are the apple of my eye, you are everything to me. And you make me whole, which is ironic because, of course, we know um, that the Lord is the complete whole, and that we are complete too. We're both complete. But Krishna is thinking, by his devotee, you make me whole. He's thinking like that. So that's the inconceivable nature of the power of God. Although he's perfect, he's completely whole, he has everything. He's Atmaram, completely self-satisfied. He's thinking about my devotee. You are making me who I am. He's thinking without you, I am nothing. He's thinking through your, through your association, through your devotion, you are everything. That's the nature of love, thinking about the object of love as opposed to thinking about the subject, the subject of um, impersonalism is that it's all about myself. 
I'm, I'm going to be glorified, and ultimately I'm going to be liberated. And I'm going to be the center. But once we start learning how to love, again, we already know how to love. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prima Sajjikamamai, Shavanadi Shivitikarya Yogai. We already know how to love. But we've just been focused on the primary subject of I and I, as opposed to the object of love, which is Krishna. Um, and so I remember before coming to Krishna consciousness, and you all may have this experience, feeling awkward a lot in this world. Do you all ever feel awkward? <laughs> I remember that feeling a lot. It's feeling like something's a little off, something's a little wrong here. Um, feeling like, you know, either going through the motions or like a, a lack of belonging or feeling like I, I want to connect, but I can't find that connection. I can't find that genuine connection. So this is the mercy of the Lord. When something is misaligned, when we um, receive some get grace, some guidance, we want to work towards becoming aligned. And so um, it's if we find ourselves comfortable living a life based on false ego, this is our great misfortune. Because it's actually the blessings of the Lord when we begin to feel uncomfortable living a life based on I and mine, based on the false egoistic understanding of reality. That this is my home, this is my family, this is my country, these are my possessions. If we feel comfortable thinking that way, then, then we, should, we are very unfortunate. Because we should feel, if we feel out of place here, that's good. That's very good, because that will push us towards realigning ourselves with where we belong. As, as is stated here, and Prabhupada is stating, that the relationship between the Lord and His devotees is transcendentally beautiful, which means it's perfectly aligned. And if we think about alignment and compatibility, it's actually very difficult to find things that are aligned and compatible. Like if you've ever assembled anything, if you've ever um, tried to put anything together, arranged anything, whether it be um, house decoration or um, putting together machinery or equipment or whatever, there's specific pieces that they have to be the right size, they have to be the right shape, they have to be the right model, and everything has to fit perfectly to work a compatibility. And so it's really wonderful and amazing to think that all of us become completely compatible, completely aligned in this relationship with Krishna. As we see compatibility, people are trying to find a significant other, they're trying to get married. It's very difficult, right? Like even in Vedic culture, they have to do the astrology. They have to, even though it's a very culture, um, the people are born in a very, um, to be very respectful, to be able to control the senses, but still they have to really put a lot of effort and energy into um, finding that compatible partner by which that person can spend their whole life with. 
because we all know what happens when there's incompatibility. And it's just a lot of suffering that comes from that. And so it's really wonderful to, to understand that this compatibility with Krishna, with his devotees, is perfect with every single, with us, with every single individual. That Krishna's relationships, each one of his relationships, I was thinking because because every single person, every single living entity is having a different particular type of relationship with Krishna. And no matter what, even if we see it in a certain way, even if it looks a certain way, no matter what is perfect and pure and complete. So we have, we have so many different nectar devotion. There's so many different varieties of relationships with the Lord. And sometimes they seem even adverse. But every single one of these relationships is pure and beautiful and complete. Um, the chivalrous rasa. You know, we really have a, we have a um, attraction for, for chivalry, for someone being a hero. For someone being a hero and someone being rescued, someone being saved, um, for a good fight, there's an attraction to this. So there's there's compatibility even in the chivalrous rasa. And this, and this, when the Lord is, is coming, we have uh, so many um, examples of novels and, and action films and dramas about there has to be a hero and then there has to be a villain. So we can see that this can take place in this material world. When Krishna performs his pastimes here, there's a hero, there's a villain. So this is, although it looks adverse, when Krishna is you know, chastising Kalya, or he's, um, he's killing Bakashora, or, or he's um, dragging the, the um, um, killing Arishasura. All these, when he's, every single one of these, these incidences where the Lord is engaged in, in, a, in a hero role is perfect and beautiful, and he's satisfying the devotees of Vrindavan um, through exhibiting himself as a hero. Prabhupada, he explains that all of us need a hero, all of us want a hero, and that Krishna wants to be our hero. That Krishna is our hero. And so everything is compatible in Krishna. In this material world, everything is incompatible. Everything is inconsistent. Nothing is aligned here. They say we're like fish out of water here. There, there should not be a feeling of comfort being part of this world. And we should feel like I need to realign with my beautiful relationship, my transcendentally beautiful relationship with Krishna. And there's different aspects of how this um, relationship manifests. One aspect is that it's, it's very beautiful. Krishna says, um, all the living entities are like pearls. They're struck on me like pearls. He's very humble. This is another nature of love. Humility means thinking about the other. He says, they're all like pearls to me. He doesn't say, I'm like a pearl. He says, you're all like pearls to me, my thread. The Acharyas say that it's like a, a, a jewel set on a, a golden ring. 
So all the living entities, the, that perfect compatibility, that beautiful compatibility, um, we see. And also, another feature is pure-heartedness. Now, the intentions become completely pure. Um, and there's different aspects about how this manifests. For instance, um, Srila Prabhupada is talking about this verse, the Lord cannot tolerate any inconvenience on the part of the devotee. And so this pure-heartedness, it manifests in, in two specific ways. One way it manifests is that somebody who loves somebody else does not want to see their beloved suffer. Krishna, Prabhupada is saying Krishna cannot tolerate the suffering of his devotees. And because Krishna knows us all to be devotees, he cannot tolerate any of our suffering. And we may say, well, how come I suffer? How come this, these difficulties fall upon me if Krishna cannot tolerate? Well, he's trying his very best. He's trying, he's throwing us a rope. He's doing his very best. Means he is constantly, himself through his representative, throwing us a rope. And it's described in the fifth canto that when the destruction of the universe is going to take place, that from Ananta Shesh, there was an expansion of Shankarshan, the Balaram, comes Rudra. And Rudra is, comes to, to destroy the material worlds. Um, this Rudra actually uh, comes in the creation, expands the 11 Rudras coming from Lord Nama. Prabhupada states, the Acharyas state, that this Rudra, there's anger there. There's anger from God. So we have the perfect, complete, self-satisfied Lord simultaneously always performing beautiful, perfect, complete, loving, ecstatic pastimes with the devotees. At the same time, this inconceivable nature of the Lord actually has frustration and anger. Why is that? Why, when he comes to destroy this material energy? Because he's always throwing us a rope. And we fail to take it. That's why. He's frustrated because he doesn't want to see us suffer. And he wants us to accept his mercy and come back to, to our supreme home with him. He wants us to reconnect. And um, there's a, a beautiful story. Actually, uh, Srila Prabhupada explains that the compassionate nature of Krishna is Srimati Radharani, personified in Srimati Radharani. That the devotees take advantage um, of the compassionate nature of the Lord, Srimati Radharani. So many of you, most of you have probably heard the story, but in Vrindavan, this is a famous story about Srimati Radharani's compassion. Um, one particular jackal was drinking some water from, from Radhakund. And some kids from the neighborhood began beating this jackal, abusing this jackal. And eventually they chased it into a foxhole and they put some sticks on the entrance, and they set it on fire. And this jackal was crying in agony. And Lalita, intimate associate Radharani, she heard this. She said, how can this be? How can someone be suffering 
in the land of Srimati Radharani. How can this be possible? So Lalita comes, takes this jackal, rescues this jackal, and brings this jackal to Srimati Radharani. Srimati Radharani, um, being extremely soft-hearted, she cannot tolerate, it's like Krishna cannot tolerate the suffering of anyone. And so she, she blesses this jackal. She places her hand. And this jackal becomes a beautiful lady. And she accepts this beautiful gopi as a maidservant of Krishna. And so Lalita, um, I thought this is a beautiful way to, to see this particular pastime. Lalita is like the guru, and we're like the jackal, because we've been really covered by this material energy, and we have so many qualities that implicate us in this world of suffering. And so the guru takes us to the lotus feet of Srimati Radharani, and Srimati Radharani recommends us in, in the service of Krishna. And it's described that, if you remember the pastime where where Lord Krishna, Lord Arjuna, and Bhima came as brahmanas to Jarasandha. And ultimately, uh, Bhima fought Jarasandha. And Jarasandha was defeated and killed. After that, the Lord went and rescued 20,000 kings that had been imprisoned by Jarasandha. And it's described that these kings, they had been in this really um, uh, very dark place, obviously. They were there imprisoned and they were um, suffering and, 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 and their, their clothes were, were soiled and they looked very um, sorrowful. Um, they looked very unhappy and lowly. And it's described that when Krishna came to release them, that they, they, they looked upon the beauty of Krishna, and as described by Krishna was the light, and, and their faces lit up. And Krishna took these kings, and he liberated them, and he, he dressed them back in their kingly garments, and he sent them back into their service. So this was a, a description given by Prabhupada. Prabhupada used this example in Nectar Devotion, and describing one of the qualities of Krishna, which is compassion. Krishna's compassion in nature. And we are also like those kings who have lost our way in this world, therefore we're, we're, we're sorrowful, we're, we're unclean, unhealthy, um, feeling out of place, feeling um, anxious, always, this, this place of um, difficulty. And when we gain the beautiful darshan of the Lord through his devotees, through his merciful devotees, um, then Krishna dresses us, he cleans us, and he puts us back in our place, our beautiful place of service to him. And just like the, the fish, sometimes they, re, they release these, um, they have these aquariums, and um, I don't know if you ever saw that movie called Free Movie. <laughs> it's a kid's movie. I saw it when I was a kid, and it's this, uh, I believe it's a killer whale. 
And the whole movie is just all drama going on with this particular whale in captivity. And then eventually they free the whale and the, the whale jumps up out of the water over the bridge into the ocean and he's free. So there's that beautiful state of compatibility, the fish back into the water. Living the natural life in a beautiful, transcendentally beautiful relationship with the Lord. And so there's a few verses here that speak about how Krishna purifies everyone. Of course, remember in, in the 11th, um, in the 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, opulence of the Apostle, when Krishna is describing his opulence, his glory, he's the source, Hamsaibhasya Prabhupada, the source of all spiritual materials. And after these, Series of some verses by Krishna expressing who he is. Arjuna says, Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Adicham Brahma Bhagavan. He says, You are the supreme peer. You're, you're the absolute supreme abode and the supreme peer. And then in the previous chapter, and uh, most confidential knowledge, it says, Rajav Vidya, Rajav Vyam, Pavicham Vyam, Ajatshavagam Dharma, Sushukam Kartanam. And so he's, he's talking about how this um, this connection happens, this direct connection with Krishna, uh, it's, it's, it's transcendentally blissful. And this is the supreme pure. This is the most confidential knowledge in the hearts of Krishna and the devotees. And it's, it's the most pure. So if you have pure and you have pure, then you have something compatible. And so that's the purpose of the Krishna consciousness movement is to reinstate us uh, as pure servants of Krishna, be focused on the Lord again. Focus on glorifying the Lord. Um, I was listening to a lecture by Grantha Prabhu, as I'm listening, I recommended to um, look at some videos and articles on Dandabhats and Ramumi. And maybe some of you saw this lecture by Grantha Prabhu. It's very wonderful. Um, and he was speaking about how the Acharyas say that even as devotees, we suffer. And what is that suffering? Well, one of that one of those one nature of suffering as devotees is the same feeling that the Lord has that we we begin to not be able to tolerate because we are also part of Krishna. So when we make it our true nature, that nature mirrors the nature of Krishna. That we can't. It's difficult for us to tolerate. It's painful for us to tolerate the suffering of others. And that's the really the original feeling of the sacred time movement, as we begin to not be able to tolerate the anxieties and suffering of others. Another um, uh, suffering that the devotees have is they feel um, they feel themselves to be unqualified. They feel themselves to be inadequate. So this is the exact opposite of um, how materialistic, false egoistic persons feel, where they feel like, I'm highly qualified, and I'm, I'm the best in my field, and they promote themselves like that. The devotee feels like, gosh, my Lord is so wonderful, my Lord is so pure, my Lord is so benevolent and glorious, and so they're always feeling like, gosh, I'm just not quite good enough to serve my Lord. They're always feeling like that. And Krishna here, he has the same feeling. Krishna has the same feeling here. Because I am the servitor of my devotees, my lotus feet, it becomes so sacred that they immediately wipe out all sin. 
Because you say, because of my devotees, then I have, I have become whole. Although he's the complete whole. Because of, of them, I have become whole. And so there's a few verses that I'd like to just end with, and then we can open it up for a few questions that speak about how the Lord purifies us and then how the devotees purify. So we come in contact with the Lord and the devotees, we're all purified. <clears throat> so this is from, um, this is Lord Chaitanya to Isvara Puri. Simply by chanting the holy name of Krishna, one can obtain freedom from material existence. Indeed, simply by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, one will be able to see the lotus feet of the Lord. And then this is from, uh, this is the Dimigas, the Lord Vishnu in the third canto. The lotus feet of the Lord are by themselves a shelter of all places of pilgrimage. The great clear-minded sages, carried by the wings of the Vedas, always search after the nest of your lotus-like face. Some of them surrender to your lotus feet at every step by taking shelter of the best of rivers, the Ganges, which can deliver one from all sinful reactions. And then finally, this is Sanat Kumara to King Pritu in the fourth chapter. The devotees who are always engaged in the service of the toes of the lotus feet of the Lord can very easily overcome hard-knotted desires for food and activities. Because this is very difficult, the non-devotees, the jnanis and yogis, although trying to stop the waves of sense gratification, cannot do so. Therefore, you are advised to engage in the devotional service of Krishna, the son of Vasudev. So uprooting the simple reactions is, is the most purifying process as described by the acharyas. Um, so we were saying here by engaging in devotional service, these deep desires can be uprooted. So then we can become truly purified because the tendency and the, um, the momentum of engaging in sense gratification through so many um, long-standing desires can be, become completely removed, uprooted, cut at the root. And then, let's see, this is a verse on how the devotees are very pure and purified. So this is Jad Bharat instructs Maharaj Rahugana. My dear King Rahugana, unless one has the opportunity to smear his entire body with the dust of the lotus feet of great devotees, one cannot realize the absolute truth. One cannot realize the absolute truth simply by observing celibacy, brahmacharya, strictly by following the rules and regulations of householder life, leaving home as vanaprast, accepting sannyas or ongoing severe penances in winter, by keeping oneself submerged in water or surrounding oneself in summer by fire and the scorching heat of the sun. There are many other processes to understand the absolute truth, but the absolute truth is only revealed to one who has obtained the mercy of a great devotee. So when I was in India, um, Gurudev, he was going through some anxiety because there was some hardship with a particular devotee who was not behaving properly. And he was telling me, he's like, what's, he says, what's the only other solution? He says, the only other solution is to not care. Says, I can just stop caring. If I stop caring, then I won't have this, this anxiety <coughs> or this distress. So saying, what is the, what is the, how can there be a lack of care? 
when there is when there is love. There can't be. So we can see that with relationship, this is the whole idea about merging into the impersonal relativity. Is that if I can merge, if I can become personally liberated, then I don't have to engage in relationships. Because when you have relationships, you're going to have pain and difficulty. Period. And so when we are in relationships and we care for the others that we're, we're with and we're serving, so we care in two ways. Just to recap, we care because we don't want to see them suffer. I don't want to see you suffer. And the second way we care is that we want to see you happy. So both of those ways. How can I relieve your suffering and how can I give you happiness? So this can be our meditation when we're, when we're serving devotees of the Lord. I don't want to see you suffer. I don't want to make you suffer. I don't want to cause you anxiety. And how can I make you happy? And that's kind of a, a really simple, nice meditation we can have when um, engaging with the devotees. Um, so does anybody have any realizations? Yes. Most of the references I got, I know where he got free willy and the shlokas, but where is this story about the Lalita and Radharani and the jackal? You haven't heard the story of the jackal? That's from the Padma Purana. Yeah. I think that's in uh, Bhakti Purushottama Swami's book. Um, he has a book on Radharani. I've actually heard it before, I just did not work Yeah. I know it doesn't come from Papa. Prabhupada, of course, the Papa Prabhupada. Yeah. Oh, Papa Prabhupada, yeah, it's a good source. Where is he quote the Papa Prabhupada? Right now? Where does Prabhupada quote the Papa Prabhupada? Many verses. There's many. If you look in the Shloka book. that story. Oh, no, about that story. I don't know if he does. Prabhupada quotes. Papa quotes from that from that from that text. Yeah. So, yeah. Purushottam Raj, which book did he write? It's called Radharani. Oh, yeah. It's a new one? It's fairly new, I think, within the last maybe 10 years. Got <coughs> a question. Oh, yes. Regarding that past time, I, yeah, I read it recently, I can't remember where. It wasn't Prabhupada's book that we had in the PCG, but anyway, uh, I, was, I started crying and felt so sorry for that. Well, exactly. In the earthly pastime, just like in, in Goloka Vrindavan, Krishna doesn't fight because there's no demons there. So this Vrindavan within the material energy, it can look like it's covered to the to material vision, but actually underlying it is the purity of Krishna and his devotees. There, there are special features <coughs> of Bhagavad Vrindavan that are not in Bhagavad Vrindavan. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was an earthly pastime that Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There was a funny thing that happened when I was in San Diego on one of the Brahmacharis there. There was one Indian body, young Brahmacharis, that would, uh, you know, he tended to overeat things, especially. And he was really into this idea that Krishna liked to please his devotees. <laughs> you read in the third voice here that devotees always trying to bring Krishna. Krishna likes to please his devotees. <coughs> that was his excuse a lot of times for 
if you saw a lot of recorders, you thought that Chrissy was trying to police me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I just so it doesn't make any sense. Chrissy doesn't like it itself. You just see how that statement can be a twisted reality. Yeah. We also have to want to please Krishna. <laughs> if we, we don't take care of our health, then how can we serve Krishna nicely? But that's a nice thought, though. That's a very, very sweet thought. I mean, if that, that's a sincere, even if it might not be perfectly applied, it's still a, a nice sentiment. spiritual advancement if we're not following in the instructions of the sadhus and the acharyas and if we begin the, the process of speculation then just a matter of time before we're, we're going to be off track that's true so i mean i think that's a important lesson for devotees to always stay connected to, to the sadhus and to the acharyas because otherwise it's really dangerous if we begin speculating that's true. Like I think devotees who stay connected for a long time and continue in steadiness, I always see one quality they have. They always want to know what Prabhupada said about something, what he thought about something, what the acharyas say about it. They're always really fixed on that point. So you're right. Second Prabhu, do you have anything? Where's your family? Sedona. Okay. I came my alone by shadow okay. to Haiti. So now I can be careful. Some people here to Rava Hitler. You came back at Rada. Yeah. I'm so happy you're here for me. How long are you gonna be with us? Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for Last class. One time I remember after that we meet to be good. Good Sanatana. Between Dhanava Pranada and Matchaitanya.